0: are locked on jazz your daily podcast on the utah jazz part of the locked on podcast network your team every day it is locked on jazz for the 15th of february a midday edition as all-star breaks underway the jazz of 111 straight will take your questions and fire through a big huge midday locked on jazz it is Locked on Jazz. Pow. How are you? I'm David Lock, radio voice of the Utah Jazz, Jazz NBA insider. Hope you're doing great. Uh, looking forward to taking your questions, getting through most of them. That's the purpose of today's show. It's, uh, we pushed it back, truly, because my dad was in town until he flew out just now, and he and I skied this morning. Uh, but also I thought sometimes we do midday instead of 6.30 in the morning or something like that. We get a lot more questions. With the Jazz having 111 straight, I feel like there's going to be a lot more questions. Uh, so fun show, hopefully, uh, for everyone to be a, a part of uh, today and to join in. Uh, today's show is brought to you by Thursday Live Edition, Shamrock Auto Group. It's also brought to you by Slow the Flow and Advocates. Uh, if you're looking for a nearly new car, uh, Shamrock Auto Group out in Pleasant Grove is the spot for you. Rob Taylor, not Rob Thomas, and the group there do amazing work. Uh, if you go look, they have 94 Google reviews, 4.7 stars. It's their 100, 113 reviews, 5 out of 5. Their dealer rated reviews, 5 out of 5. That's what these guys are all about. That's what what Rob has built there. Uh, he, he got his group uh, together, and what he did is this first hire was a former mechanic who now goes and buys the cars so that they know what those cars are, the quality of those cars. He's got people that come from all across the state, multiple states, to Utah to get it done. Nearly new cars. Think about it as Utah County Assault Vehicles is what they specialize in. Um, and then from there, uh, he can get you probably whatever you need. They're located out in Pleasant Grove at 203 North, 2000 West. If you tell Rob you're a locked-on uh, Jazz listener, he'll give you friends and family discount. Uh, he's a big listener. Appreciate him very much for that and uh, always is, um is actually usually riding his bike. His number is 801-319-2250. If, if I was out buying a nearly new car or used car, I, I would call Rob and ask him questions and see what you might learn. He's got such great insight into it, understands it, runs the business. 801-319-2250. That's 801-319-2250, shamrockautogroup.com. And Rob is going to make sure that your five steps he promises – out-the-door pricing, five minutes. Test drive by yourself. Buying experience in under an hour. Full-service, can-do financing in-house. And a Carfax on every car. All right. I really want to just kind of take questions today. Obviously, 11 straight. Jazz, fabulous win. Friday, we'll do pack. Tomorrow, we'll do pack Friday. Uh, and then Monday, we'll probably look at the All-Star weekend and Tuesday start looking ahead and Wednesday fill with something else and then Thursday and Friday. So, uh, And we get back to action Friday against Portland at home. Great crowd last night. I don't know if it was just because it was Valentine's Day, but the place was packed and people were really into it. You can feel that the town is just abuzz with what's going on with this team. So um, just quick thought on last night. I thought, you know, there's no such thing as a bad win. I think this All-Star break came at the perfect time uh, this team is, I think, probably tired. And I felt like if we lost a game in the middle of that right now and had to play another four, we'd probably lose four straight <clears throat> just because the streak has taken a lot of energy out of everyone. And it's great feeling to go to the break at 11 now, put that on. And also, you know, we're going to learn a lot when we come back because teams are just kind of – teams muddle their way to this day and struggle to get to the All-Star break. Um, two games tonight, Denver, Milwaukee, Lakers in Minnesota, and then everyone else is on break uh, finally, and what happens right now is is teams teams are struggling, so if you get hot like the jazz do, you get super hot and that's that 's a part of what I think has happened here is that while everybody else is scuffling a little bit we 've clicked in. And so you I don't I don't know honestly you I think we're really good right now, so I don't think you look better, but I think you can take advantage of it. And Quinn knew this and literally was like, Okay, we're gonna drive this baby to the end and he got him there. And so uh, I I think that's a pretty impressive little run there by by Quinn and kinda of leading this group in that manner. I also thought last night was interesting because uh, we won predominantly on defensive re- or offensive rebounding, which was a new way and a different way to win from what this team has been doing in the past, there's been, you know, great shooting and three-point this and three-point shooting defense and great defensive outings. And and last night was just kind of find a new Memphis, was was gutting one, a big shot by Rubio in Toronto. And this one was a little bit more of just kind of finding the way to be able to, how are you going to possibly find a win, and the Jazz did it. Uh, the defensive rating wasn't great last night. The offense actually turned out to be a pretty good night, and the reason it was a pretty good night uh, was because of, the off- because of the fact that the Jazz did such a good job on the glass. Um, you know, I think we're going to get to most questions today. And so I, rather than me hitting and kind of continuing with my um, various things, um, Austin Anderson asked, From my understanding, Favor seems like a humble guy. But you are around him more than I am. Do you think if he's offered big money in the off season, that he still leaves Utah, even if the Jazz try to come closer match? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think all of us would do that. Like, we can all be humble guys, but if we we're all offered big money, I mean, put it in put it in our parlance. So let's, so let's say he gets offered a. Four-year, eighty million dollar deal from someone, and we're offering him a two-year. What I don't know. I mean, I don't have any idea what we'd offer him. But if you were offered a four-year, eight hundred thousand dollar deal or a two-year, three hundred thousand dollar deal, what's you taking? You're moving, and it's and and you have a tie here. He has no tie here other than he was traded here. He never chose to be here at any point in time. So uh, I, I I never Austin. I I appreciate the the question. I've never quite understood, though, why a fan ever thinks that a player would, like, why would, why would a player possibly take dramatically less money to stay somewhere? Like, why, I, I can't imagine why someone would do that. Particularly, the other thing I'm going to tell you is that you can only earn money for about 12 years of your life doing this. Um, so I, I really find... You know, I don't think that's – I think what gets interesting with with Derek is if his market goes dry, I don't think it's going to go dry. I think the more you look at Derek and you see Derek play, he's coming back closer to who he is. Um, And – and, you know, I I think the dunk number I tweeted out last night's important. I think he's one dunk off of his career-high dunk number. That that begins to tell you that maybe he's back. If people believe he's back athletically, then people are going to pay him because he's really good. You know, and part of the things you also have to realize is, like, well, why are we winning? Have we won 11 straight? Maybe because a bunch of our guys are a little better than we realize. Derek would be probably the top of that list. According to Basketball Reference... Derek now has 200, or 103 dunks this year. 105 is his career high. Last year at 52. So his next dunk will be two times what he had all of last year. Now he's also played more games this year. He's played 55 games this year. He only played 50 all of last year. All right, let's get to the questions. Let's just roll questions for a little while. I love it. Um, Royce O'Neal... Uh, I just said, did Royce take the private plane? He is his assisting Donovan. I know that. Uh, I think I think it was my question at the press conference yesterday uh, that asked him that or the media session. I didn't know if he was on the plane, though. It looks like private plane for Donovan and his mom and his sister Jordan. Donovan and his sister Jordan are just so cute to Just so cute. Uh, thoughts on salary situation that Crowder makes it possibly to afford favors. Um, I have not analyzed our salary cap situation. Probably should have. Um, but having Royce O'Neill, Joe Ingalls, and um, Joe Ingles, Royce O'Neill, and Jay Crowder all on salaries for the next two years and knowing what they are uh, gives Dennis Lindsay a pretty clear vision, at least of, of what he's doing. Now, so next year, Rudy's making twenty two. Rubio's making fourteen. Ingles is making 12-5. Alec Burks is at eleven four. Crowders at seven three. Wow. Cephalosha's back at five two, but I think it's a team offer. Dante is that's going to be is it minimum six six? He'll be at more. Jerebko's at four. It's a team option. Udo's at three three. I believe it's a team option. Donovan's at three. Neto's a qualifying offer. Tony Bradley, Royce O'Neill, Royce O'Neill's at one point three, and Tony Bradley is on for one point six. So that takes us to about eighty-three million. I think that puts us over the cap. Uh, so I don't. So you're signing guys. You're you can make trades, and you can bring in players, and puts us pretty good size under the luxury tax. The salary cap for next year, though, I believe we are, we won't be far enough under the salary cap to. And frankly, if you're re-signing favors as your own free agent because you're over the salary cap, you can't do many other things. So, the salary cap for the twenty for this year is a hundred, and the luxury tax is one hundred and twenty, which I think is pretty close to where it's going to be next year. So, if we're at 83, plus you fill in favors number, favors goes in at 150, but let's say you've signed, you actually would probably sign favors to stay, I don't know, it gets interesting, I haven't really looked at it, I'm doing this off the top of my head. So, alright, quickly, if we're at 83 million, if you you rescind the rights to both Dante and Derek, you could have about fifteen to million. I think, I think. Um if I have that right. If you were sin you'd have to now you sign Dante to some new number, you sign Derek to a new number, and then you go over the cap. You can then play around with the mid level exception and trading some of your other contracts to try to bring in another player and you can try to stand or you try to stand or 120 this year. We're at 105. Does that make any sense? Okay. Uh, Sean, I didn't do that very well, but you caught me a little off guard, but that's why we have these questions. I am not going to the all-star game, Jason. I'm hanging here. Uh, I'm going to take a quick trip to Arizona with my daughter for golf for a day. Our, if you really want to know our very first ever babysitter and her family are coming and spending the week with us uh, here. So the person who helped raise our son, um, she and her beautiful family are coming. They have the most beautiful children in the world. So their two kids are coming. We're all going to hang out here. Uh, Both my kids are ski racers, so they're in training. They have training all week, so it's a little hard to get away. Uh, What is the max you think we would pay Derek favors? I don't have any idea. I really don't. I really... Some of it goes back to what your other options are. Um, And, you know, if we sign Dante and then we don't really have enough room under the cap to go get somebody else, when you don't have another option, maybe you're willing to pay him a little bit more. Some of it also has to do with what the market is, right? If someone blows the market out of the water on Derek and gives him a four-year 80, it may be irrelevant what we're willing to pay him. If, If people are only giving him a... Two year forty, well, then maybe it makes sense to go give him more than that because then you can keep him. So there, there's a lot of pieces to that puzzle. Um, Donovan does not get paid super big money, I think, till 2021, 22, or 2021. And uh, so I don't think you have to worry about that. Gobert's Number is on the books here for a while, and I, you know, I'm just kind of scanning our roster. I don't know what Dante's numbers is going to be, but there's not, like, another big number coming. So there's some reasons why it might make sense on, on favors. Do you think the Jazz will have more energy first game out of the break, or do you think it will be difficult to get back to the same rhythm uh, when they were leading up to the break? I, I think it will be difficult to get back to that same rhythm, but I think there's some fundamental principles of what the Jazz are doing that will carry over. The rhythm they have right now is pretty special. That'll probably be lost. You've got to kind of refine it a little bit. We also just might be good. I mean, there's some parts of what's going on here that's pretty unsustainable. We've talked about this before. Um, but there's some other aspects that this team actually just might be pretty good. Like not 72 win good like we're playing right now, but maybe this team's closer to 45-50 win good that, than we actually thought they were. You know we've talked a lot about the three point shooting, and I think that's you know that's legitimate to the jazz now over the eleven game win streak from three or at forty three percent okay that that seems pretty unlikely okay we are we all we all good on admitting that uh so that's gonna come back to life uh I dug down deep a little bit, I don't know if I had this on the show yesterday, I thought this was pretty interesting, so When Rudy's on the floor, the defensive rating during the third 11-game win streak, or even since Rudy's been back, I think, is about a 98, which is anything under 100 is incredible. And so that, that I think, is actually sustainable. The defensive rating when Rudy's off is about a 103, but teams are only shooting 29% from three in those circumstances. So to me, that one's probably not sustainable. Like, we'll probably are 12 or 14 minutes a night in which... <clears throat> um, are probably, you know, where these guys are right now, we're just rolling, is probably not sustainable. Uh, opponents are shooting 32% from three against us in this streak uh, and are not in a league- They have shot 37 for the season against us. League average is about 36. Uh, here's the number that is, sus- so that's not sustainable. Here's what is sustainable. Uh, teams are only getting 30% of their shots as threes. We're getting... They league averages thirty five percent. Okay, that's really a big deal. If we're being able with Rudy back in, being able to be at a point where we suddenly don't allow anyone to shoot threes, that's as big a bigger difference, frankly, than the fact that a bunch are missing. Um, you know, the defensive rating actually was interesting the other night was Jay Crowder and Rudy Gobert together played a huge amount of those minutes last night and we're about plus 14 on the floor together okay that's new we don't we don't know where that's going but that's I think that's a pretty exciting little combination so I I don't think we'll have the same rhythm <clears throat> Daniel to your question you always ask good questions because the rhythm having that kind of rhythm I think is you know this has been we're rolling and and now it's going to come back to life a little bit but there's a bunch of aspects that, that I think are just the fact that we're, we're really good. Like, um, and Rudy's really good. And Donovan's really good. And Joe Ingles is good. And Derek Favors is good. Like, our guys are good. And Royce O'Neill's playing well. And some of those things will probably drop a little bit. But, I mean, for the season when Rudy Gobert is on the floor, the Jazz defensive rating is a 99.9. Like, that's real. Okay? I mean, that's an incredible number when he's off the floor it's a 106.2 that's now now you're at league average now since rudy's come back let's take that so it's a, that's january 19th to now the numbers on the second group are are better do i that's where i would say we're at 103.7 with rudy off the floor defensively if we can keep doing that, that would be pretty terrific. I, I'm not sure I buy that. The, and, I, and the reason, as I mentioned, is there's some of the three-point shootings not particularly realistic. Um, the biggest difference, though, interestingly, by the way, the biggest difference with Rudy on the floor is we don't foul, and we defensive rebound way better. When Rudy's off the floor, we don't defensive rebound nearly as well. When Rudy's on the floor, and usually with Derek, a lot of it with Derek, we're rebounding about 82% of the rebound since he's come back. Opponents are shooting 29% from three when Rudy's on the bench. That that won't last. There are 35%. There's nothing in the numbers when Rudy's on the floor that make me think any of that's not sustainable. 98.4. The big number is that the offense has been great. And we're probably, you know, we're up towards top three or four offense in the league. That seems unlikely. But if we slip to a average offense in the league and Rudy's rolling, then, then we're still great. So, I, I don't know. That was a long answer. That's the problem we do questions because I go on these long answers. That's my thought. Is that we'll lose some of that rhythm. But there's some parts of us that still just might be really good. Today's show is brought to you by the advocates. Utah advocates or injury attorneys help you out mostly in cases of car accidents. You can call them at 801-355-5550. That's 801-355-5550. See, accidents are all different, but the process is the same. So Matt at the Advocates has built a system that has 106 steps, 25 years in the making, to make sure you get good results, make sure nothing bad happens to you, and treat you well in the process. It's pretty interesting. So the They just map out the best experience for you, understand who you are, what you need. Certain customers need different things, different levels of communication they put into the system, accomplish great customer service. They have experts working on each little part of the case in the 106 steps that go on in the airplane checklist, and they get it done for you. And that's what makes the Utah Advocates a special group and a little bit different. It's the only... 1% of cases go to trial, only 3% go to arbitration. So they know how they're working through this. That efficiency that they have means productivity, it means communication to you, and it means expediting the process and making sure you get good results. That's Utah Advocates. Call them at 801-355-5550. That's 801-355-5550. All right, next question. Can I introduce you to Joe Ingalls? Matt, Joe's not the easiest guy to talk to, but I'll see what we can do. Heard Dennis Lindsay say Exum could be back mid to late March. How does he fit in? Probably not very well. If we're really honest about it. Like, let's be honest. It's great. It's awesome. I'm excited. Let's see what he can bring. How does it? He probably struggles. He hasn't played in a while. He hasn't played in six months. He's going to be a little anxious and a little undone. He's got to figure out how the ball movement, how each guy works, and they got to figure him out. It's a new piece to a puzzle. Right? Like, let's be honest. Get a new golf club. How do you hit him the first time? Not great. But it's fabulous to have him back. And see what he can do. He's working really hard with Lamar Skeeters. pre pregame work's pretty fascinating. They're working a lot of game light as reps. Trying to work on his development. I mean, he can do everything right now. The question is just getting him to a point where he can fall and you know that everything's going to hold. That's That's the key. So I'm excited for Dante to have him back. Those little things are disruptive. Though, frankly, Jay Crowder stepped in and hasn't caused any problem at all. That's been incredible. I don't know. I I, I got to tell you that I did not expect. I, I figured that Jay Crowder checks in <clears throat> and has some problems. The interesting. On this is that the Jazz have ended up with losing their two worst plus minus players. So when you when you look at their two worst plus-minus players so far this year in Rodney Hood and Joe Johnson, and both of those are gone, it's interesting to see what happens. There's a chance we're considerably better. Any word on Ricky's injury? Uh, I think, I feel pretty good that Ricky is going to be ready to play when we come back from the all-star break. I'll, I'll be surprised to find out it's anything more serious. They I, they actually really thought he was going to maybe play. By the way, Jay Crowder and Rudy Gobert have been on the floor for 56 minutes together. The offensive rating is a 108. The defensive rating is a 91.7. Pretty good. It's a lot of minutes already for the two of them on the floor together. Uh... The they are a plus fifty six minutes. They're plus fourteen. They've outscored the opponents one hundred and twenty two to one oh eight. It's interesting. Um, not as though either of them's playing great in that scenario. Crowder's eight to twenty three. Uh, let's continue. Uh, does this team communicate on the court more than most? It seems like they're always talking about. What went wrong during possessions? Especially Joe, he seems to be chatting quite a bit. Uh, I I don't know if they do more than other teams, but it's a great observation, uh, Leroyden, because it's what makes a good team. Quinn talks about it all the time, pushes them on it all the time. Um, absolutely is is yelling at them to communicate. I mean, practices are all about communication, all about it. Guy calls a play, can't hear. it, Quinn makes you yell it out. Guys aren't communicating. They stop all the time. What's the next step to contention? We need a third star. Does that come through the draft, trade market, free agency, or does he? We continue to develop the players uh, a la Royce O'Neal um, from Hunter. I I would agree. There is there a chance? I don't know, but just for a thought, is there a chance, could Favors be a third best? If Favors goes back to like his ranking of being a top forty player in the NBA, and he's one of your top three, is that good enough or not? Just wondering. I mean, I'm not, I'm really, I'm actually asking myself that question. I don't know. Um, Otherwise, I think, yeah, you're trying to find a player that compliments Donovan, Rudy, and then depending on what Derek's role is, uh, you have Jay Crowder and Joe Ingles that are pretty darn good compliments as your fourth and fifth or fifth and sixth best players. This thing has suddenly been rebuilt very, very quickly by Dennis Lindsay and his crew, and the play of Royce O'Neill is awfully important. You probably like a pure stretch four somewhere. Maybe that's maybe Jay Crowder really is that guy. And you, you don't have to go find it the same way. We'll find. We'll know more as the season goes on. Was Hayward's departure a blessing in disguise? Is Donovan and Joe the same players they are today? If Gordon's in town, is Royce even on the team? Um, I'm gonna. I think that's. I'm a, I'm gonna have a hard time calling that a blessing in disguise, because um, Gordon's great. I think we've forgotten how good Gordon is. Like, I mean, I read something like Royce Neal can be better than Gordon. Like, like, you know, it's not legal in Utah yet. Um, so I think Donovan probably would not have the role he has right now. Joe would not have the role he has right now. That's fair. Um, so if you're just isolating Donovan's development and Joe. Sure, Gordon's departure has forced them to do more, but is it a blessing in disguise? I would probably say no. Ty Massey says, Why aren't the Jazz taking more charging fouls? I noticed last night there's several players go past them for dunks. Um, so Andy Larson asked Quinn Snyder this. It is true we don't take very many charges. Quinn Snyder's... And I think we're last in the league. Um, Quinn Snyder quick response to Andy was, what's the difference between the top team and the bottom team? And it was a pretty – so the Lakers take 2.2 charges per 100 possessions, and the Jazz are now not last in the league. We take 1.3 charges per 100 possessions. So it's less than one a game. The, there is no correlation between taking charges and being a good defensive team. Minnesota's 7th, the Lakers are 1st, Phoenix is 2nd. Okay? So honestly, I think it's irrelevant. How will Royce O'Neal's contract be structured over the next few years? I have no idea. Cannot continue live video broadcast. Failed. Please try again. What? 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 All right, I'll just answer the rest of the questions here. Uh, Royce O'Neill's contract is guaranteed for the next two years at about one point something each. Um, is the numbers that there for Royce O'Neill? Wonder what happened there. Um, let's see if I can find the. Rest of the comments. Um, I believe you made a path for 45 wins last season. Track how the Jazz are doing throughout the season. If you considered making a path to the playoffs this year? Track where the Jazz might land in the standings if they and teams are competing against a playoff spot. It's a good question. You know what? I should just go to the 45. 45 will get the Jazz in. So let me, let me go see if I can rebuild... Um, that forty-five for you, and see and see what I can find in that regard for you. I'll have it for you. How about Friday or Monday? Uh, pack Friday tomorrow. Maybe we'll do that Monday show. It'll all be the same. And look at it. We'll do a huge dive um, into the, this week on the playoffs and what has to happen to make the playoffs and and all of those things. I I, I promise you. I promise you that. Will the Jazz ever lose again? I love you, Chase. What are Favors and Gobert doing differently in the last stretch to make it work, or is this just Quinn's magic at work? It's a good question. I don't think I have a total answer for that. I mean, I think some of it actually has to do with with Rudy uh, Rubio playing better. So I think that's I think that's part of it. I think it has worked really, really well in some games and not others. Okay? Um, for example, in the Spurs game in 10 minutes, they were minus 5. And so you, I think, have to pick. The key to me on this is that they can play together as long as you're not dependent on it. So as long as you have, like we closed last night with Crowder at the four, and I thought that was super valuable way to do it. Um, last night against Phoenix, 22 minutes together, they were plus four. It's good. You know, they've played a lot together. They played twenty two minutes against Memphis, twenty two against Charlotte, twenty two against Portland, twenty two against Phoenix, twenty two against San Antonio. Now, I also think that if you look at Donovan's numbers when he's on the floor with both of them, I don't think his numbers are as good. Right? There's less room. So it's not a it's not a, you know, no brainer that this is always going to work. Um I still think there's as the league has gone in some different directions, I still think there's some aspects where that's... Um, it's not the easiest thing to deal with. When Donovan's on the floor with these guys, he shoots 41 from the field, 33% from three. So his numbers are a little less good. When the three of them are on the floor together, like are these your three stars kind of question, um, the Jazz are plus 17. 17th. For the season. Wow. Didn't know that. Did not know that. In the 183 minutes that Favors, Gobert, and Mitchell have been on the floor, the Jazz offensive rating is a 110.9 and the defensive rating is a 94.2 for a net rating of 16.7. Wow. Let's play around with this for a second. Is there anything unnatural going on here? The team is shooting 47% from the field and 38% from three. It's a little high, but not crazy. Derek Favors is shooting 48%. Mitchell's only shooting 41%. Joe Ingles is amazing with this group on the floor. That's fascinating. Joe Ingles is at 57% from the field and 58% from three when playing with these guys. Rubio shooting 48%, just three of 12 from three. Wonder. Gobert and favors both have seventeen offensive rebounds. Can I go find the four factors here? Sorry, guys, we're doing this live on the air. It's part of the f- Facebook f- fun. Effective field goal percentage is at fifty-three, which is a little above league average. Free throw rates high, turnover rates down, offensive rebounding rates good, which I'm a big fan. Credible defensive rate, but that ni- and that ninety-four point two is. I mean, that's really interesting. Defensive rebounding is at 85%. It's really interesting. Don't know, guys. Blown away by that. Didn't expect that. Really, really interesting. I want to... Today's show, in part, by our friends at Slow The Flow. I think I mentioned this the other day. Everyone's always telling me that Bowler is um, mentioning this on the air all the time. Uh, slow the flow. They got to slow the flow. Slow the flow is flow dot org, and uh, they have done some some really cool things in Utah and trying to make sure that our area stays great. Uh, even when we have a good winter. We got snow today, but we had a bad winter. Saving water is important. It's more important now than ever. If we can all reduce usage, the goal is to reduce usage by twenty five percent by twenty twenty five. Be incredible. We talked about this the other day on the show. If all of us just saved a gallon every day in our shower, with the amount of listeners we have, this program it'd be incredible. If you only run your washing machine when you have a full load, each load uses thirty gallons. It's a pretty good saving instead of you know, misorganizing that. Uh, A full tub is 70 gallons. A shower is 12 to 25. You take one minute less shower every day, you save 1,875 gallons of water every year. We have a lot of listeners to this program. We did the other day. We talked about if we have 10,000 listeners that all save 1,875 gallons, if all of us did this, it would be 18 million gallons of water we save. It'd be kind of cool, wouldn't it? Find out more at slowtheflow.org. That's slowtheflow.org. Continue with our extended show today. Let's go back to the questions. For those of you who are watching live and got cut off, appreciate you jumping back in here. Did Rookie get an early trip to Spain? No, I don't think so. I don't know what Ricky's doing during the break. I didn't get a chance to talk to him. And also, it's actually a funky question. You kind of want to ask these guys, hey, what are you doing in the break? But you also don't want to like, be the guy who's having them talk about what they're doing during the break instead of focusing on the game. Uh, Does Ricky's recent play go against your belief in pack stats? Does he affect other players' pack in a way that adds values? No, it actually doesn't at all. Um, in fact, this Jazz team is on the verge of proving all of my pack points. I mean, the- Rodney Hood's this incredible score. He actually had gotten himself to a- close to average. Who's been a below-average pack player for the whole time, and all of a sudden, you know, the Jazz are like 13 and five now in games he doesn't play, maybe 14 and five. Like, how is that possible? He averages 17 points a game because if you do it inefficiently, it doesn't have value. And if you go give three of those possessions to Royce O'Neill and four, five of them to Jay Crowder and two of more, three more of them to an efficient Joe Ingles, then all of a sudden you're better. Like that's the whole premise of pack. That Joe Johnson's using negative possessions, you clear him from the lineup, and while he's not as you know, oh my gosh, how are we going to score? The game just kind of gets you points. And if you have efficient guys using it, then PAC would lead you to believe that you're going to be okay. That That's the whole, this jazz team is actually turning into, and we'll talk about tomorrow on the show, is really turning into kind of a test model for my whole belief in PAC. It's pretty fascinating to be a part of. Like, Dennis isn't like, Dennis and I have talked about it. Quite honestly, Dennis and I had dinner in Arizona in the preseason, and I presented it to him. Just this is what I believe in, and he looked at me and was like, "Yeah, there's a lot more to it." Like he was like, "Okay, Locke, you're crazy." No, I mean, politely, like I, I want to well, let me make sure this is that that sounded wrong. He was so nice, and he was so polite about it, and he gave me where the points of value were, but he kind of looked at me like, there's so much more to it. And he's right. There is so much more to it, but I'm not sophisticated enough to understand all of the things that there are to it. Okay? Uh, And so he's absolutely right. But for me, just in my little bubble of pack, this is a pretty fascinating jazz season. And the Cleveland Cavaliers have become pretty fascinating. Other Because Rodney's now at average, and they got rid of Rose and Wade and all, Shumpert, who are all well below average. Jordan Clarkson is below average also. One belief I do have is that there's about three players in the NBA who can impact opponent, their teammates' packs. LeBron would be one of them right now. Be interesting to see. James Scott, Rookie of the Year. Mitchell versus Simmons, remembering that Simmons is a redshirt rookie. But see, that's irrelevant. So this is going to be a sticking point. So that, if as a Jazz fan, you're trying to, like, it's, you're, we're going to take this great personal pride if Donovan gets Rookie of the Year. I, I'm not entirely sure why. I'm much more excited about the fact that Donovan, like, might be a Hall of Famer. Like, that has me way more excited than Rookie of the Year, which millions of people have ever earned that are... um, That millions of people have earned, like, including Malcolm Brogdon, who, like, aren't good. Including Michael Carter-Williams, who's not good. So to me, like, that's pretty low on my scale of... um, of pieces. Uh, I'm much more excited... Like Danny Franks, who's Jazz PR, sent me a note today. Donovan Mitchell has 18 games with 25 points or more in his first 55 games. The last four guys to do it are Blake Griffin, Allen Iverson, Shaquille O'Neal, and David Robinson as a rookie. Right? Like, okay, I'm more excited about that because those four guys are in the Hall of Fame. But in regards to the red shirt rookie, like, the rules say he's a rookie. I, I don't know what... And we can all try to change that, but that's not the way it is. By the way, like on this Donovan 25 points or more, in the history of the NBA, or since 1963, <laughs> since 19, it's been done 20 times. Elvin Hayes, Hall of Fame. Kareem, Hall of Fame. Michael Jordan, Hall of Fame. Sidney Wicks, is he in the Hall of Fame? No, but he's a four-time All-Star. He was Rookie of the Year in 71-72. And his career must have gotten cut short from an injury because this is, by the way, Sidney Wicks, I'd love to go back. I'd love to talk to Ron about Sidney Wicks. Because this is where, like, the old-timers, like, you know, all the guys don't play now and things like that. Like, Sidney Wicks was number two pick out of UCLA. He was awesome. Awesome. He averaged 25 a game as a rookie at 22 years old, 24 the next year in Portland, 23 the year after that. 22 after that. Then all of a sudden, he gets traded to Boston, and he goes to 15, 30. And, like, you wonder, if, did he have an injury? What ha- Like, how does a guy fall off the map like that? Guys don't fall off the map like that anymore. So Sidney Wicks was a four-time All-Star. Walter Davis, six-time All-Star, was Rookie of the Year. Is he in the Hall of Fame yet? He should be. He was great. Maybe not a Hall of Famer. Though Mitch Richmond's a Hall of Famer. Bernard King. Earl Monroe, he's in the Hall of Fame. Shaquille O'Neal, Terry Cummings. He had a heart problem that kind of derailed his career there for a while. Played eight games, I think it was in '92, '93. But he was he was nails. He was twenty points a game for a long time. So Terry Cummings, I mean, t- another two-time All Star. He was Rookie of the Year too. Two-time All NBA. I mean, all these guys are All Stars. Rick Barry. Bill Cartwright, Jeff Petrie in 70, David Robinson, Daryl Griffith, Ron Harper with the Clippers, Allen Iverson, Jay Vincent, who's not an all-star, Um, on the bad Dallas teams. Pete Maravich, Mitch Richmond, Blake Griffin, Donovan Mitchell. 21 got Kelly '21 20, 20, Now, okay, fairness, a lot of those guys are bigger numbers. So the guys have done it in the ballpark around... Donovan, a Rick Barry, Bill Cartwright, Jeff Petrie, David Robinson, Daryl Griffith, Ron Harper, Allen Iverson, Jay Griffith, Pete Maravich, Mitch Richmond, Blake Griffin, Donovan Mitchell, Kelly Tribuco. Pretty good. I think almost every single one of those guys has been an all-star but Jay Vincent. Maybe Ron Harper. Ron Harper is just a five-time champ. Never made the all-star game. So I'm much more excited about that than I am anything about red How does the backcourt rotation work when Exum, Mitchell, and Rubio are all healthy? Um, I do think, and if Exum gets healthy, do you think Rubio returns next year? Yes. I think the recent stretch by Rubio has people very excited about the amount of work he's put into the team, and to work with Igor, and how much he might be able to improve. Um, I mean, I think Dante becomes the fourth guard in that rotation, and... Plays some minutes, probably not a huge amount. And Royce O'Neal and uh, Joe Ingles share the three minutes. And Jay Crowder and Jonas Jarebko and Derek Favors share the four minutes. It gets a little tight. Alec Burks probably ends up out of the rotation. But he was probably out of the rotation. I mean, you're going to have to gap. But we're also, last few nights our guys are playing 38 minutes. We played too much. Quinn drove them hard to the finish line. He, he, he wanted those wins. Is it likely the Javs will be able to move Alec Burks for more cap space during free agency this summer without giving up a first-round pick? I don't know. It'd be nice, wouldn't it? Um, Only just... But I think Alec could help someone more for Alec than anything else. Um, I do think Alec still can be a helpful, good player in this league for someone who's playing a different system than ours. He he had a tough night last night, and I thought it was going to be a good night for him. Um... What is a better way to judge scoring? Output and usage, points per game, or points per minute? So, I mean, pack is usage and efficiency, is my viewpoint. So I think usage is important. You should get credit for usage, but efficiency matters. Why aren't the Jazz taking more... Oh, we did that one. Um... Why couldn't Favors realistically follow Millsap's path to becoming a viable stretch for over the next two or three years? Um, I don't think he can't, actually. I think he can because particularly one thing on Paul Millsap, I think Paul Millsap's like a 31% three-point shooter. Like, I think Millsap had 36, 36, 31, 31 last two years. So he's 33 for his career. So I would... I, I would I would say I think that's a possibility. Is there something we can do to the, get the crowd to change Rookie of the Year chant instead of the MVP during Mitchell's free throws? Uh, there, you just did it, Derek. The Jazz are in the 10th spot and are less games from 3rd than they are from 11th. Wonder if the West has ever been like this. I can't imagine we've ever had this kind of a weird playoff race at the back. It's really nutty. Um, I mean... When we come out of break on our broadcast, we go live to games that we think have playoff implications throughout our games. It's kind of crazy and busy. Like, I think we have to include San Antonio, Minnesota, Oklahoma City, Portland, Denver, the Clippers, the Pelicans, right? All of them. I think we have to include all of them. Like, we're going to be going to games regularly throughout our games. Every free throw on our radio broadcasts, we're going to be going to a live game to check in on what's going on. It's going to be great. Uh, who finishes when Rudy Rubio comes back, especially with the emergence of Royce and the addition of Jay? I mean, I think we got probably seven options. It's a great question, Eric. Probably got seven options there. Uh, I mean, you can go Rubio, Mitchell, Ingalls, Favors, Gobert, which you're starting. You can bring Jay Crowder in for Favors or Gobert. You can bring. Royce O'Neal in for Ricky Rubio. I mean, I think Donovan and Gobert are finishing, and I think Ingles is finishing. And then you're piecing it together. And the other night, Rudy didn't finish. Huge moment. Huge, huge, huge moment. Are Gobert, Mitchell, and Quinn enough to attract significant free agents? Either fringe all stars or better. I, I believe so. Um, I know of players that want to play here. Um, or talk about it now in a way they didn't before. So I think, yes. Uh, Dustin, any word on Dante been up to him when he returns? Dennis Lindsay, in an interview last week, said he expects mid, early to mid-March. Or was it just mid-March to late March? Sometime in March. Um, Have you had a chance to talk to Jay much? Seems like he likes Utah. Is that real? I have not talked to him at all. Um, he's a bright kid from everything everybody's talking about. I think he's. I think the tie to his dad makes it just feel right. And I think he's excited to be on a team where they're using him. He's done more things in three games with the Jazz than he did with Cleveland. Like just drives, dribble handoffs, playing with the ball in his hands. I mean, he didn't – I don't know, I could try to see. If I, could, I wonder if I could find this. I love live shows when we take questions because I end up fu- getting into silly stuff and looking up numbers and you guys learn how you know whether I can find numbers uh, really really quickly. Let me see if let me see what I can do here. Um, Jay Crowder played his first game for us in Portland on the 11th. Okay, so let's update this. See what happens here. Uh, I did not get anything of, of now. Nope, didn't get much. Okay. Uh, no find. I was looking at our pick and roll numbers for those games to see if I could find, um, it's interesting is Donovan Mitchell and Derek favors. Pick and roll is not working right now. It was like our best all season long by a million miles. And in the last few games, it has been poor. And Joe Ingalls is having, is just a pick and roll master. Um, this is what's interesting about us. Rubio on pick and rolls, we average .92 points per possession. That's good, because by the time you're in half court, that's good. Donovan, we average .93, and Joe Ingles, we average .92. So all three of those guys, running a pick and roll, suddenly you have all sorts of things, you know, aspect that we didn't have before. Um, and And so that, and then if I flip that to screener and ball handler, the other way, let me see if. If you set a pick with favors, we're averaging 0.905 points per game per play. And if you set a pick with Gobert, we're setting we're averaging 0.904. So 0.905 and 0.904, they're the same. And then Udo, it's 0.95. Joe John Joe Ingalls actually is the pick setter's pretty good. Um, and we do not I do not have anything yet on Jay Crowder's what, what I was looking for. We're at forty-eight minutes. Um, did the break come at a good time for Ricky to get healthy? The break came at a good time. I've never been this tired ever. I'm just telling. You, I've never in maybe I'm old, but in nine years of doing this, ten maybe, including Seattle, I don't know what it is, either nine or ten. I have never, ever, ever been this tired. The thirty-one road games. Um, it's been brutal. Just or I'm soft. Uh, but i just thought i i think that it came at a great time how long till the g league becomes a true minor league i think it is already i don't i don't know what more they're going to do i think they're going to get 30 to 30 ratio and then they're then it's done uh i do not know what player we realistically have a shot at this up offseason taylor i don't think it's a free agent i don't think it's jabari or aaron gordon and there are i think it's going to be what players teams trades player develop, things of that nature. Um, is Aaron Gordon gettable, even though he's a restricted free agent? I doubt it with their move of Peyton. I think was their sign that they're going to match anything on Eric Gordon, though he's having a brutal second part of the season. All right, I think we've gotten to most of... I will do the 45 win chart. We'll do Pack Friday on Friday. Um, Ryan Larson, does Rudy take 15 to 18-foot jumpers in practice? Is this a shot Rudy will start taking? Quinn does not mind if he takes it. Um, He does enough defensively that if he wants to develop that shot and take it, uh, he's all for it. All right, thanks, guys. Great questions. Appreciate everybody stopping by. Uh, for those that were live and it broke off, I apologize. Fun, long Thursday edition, All-Star Break Week. Have a great one. This has been Locked on Jazz.